Welcome to Thriving Purposefully with me, Jocelyn. Today, I have one of the most influential people in my life that I met this year. She is a money-saving queen. I have experienced her work firsthand. I started off 2023 in debt and engaging in money moves that were not getting me any closer to my goals. We started working together around March, and since then, not only have we worked on my money mindset, bringing awareness to where my money was going and ways I was spending, but also building habits that were aligned with how I wanted to relate to money and how I wanted money to work for me. And that alone was a massive mindset shift. I'm ending the year with zero debt, a fully funded Roth IRA, and an HYSA account that has my money working for me. Without further ado, I want to thank Yese for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Got teary-eyed. Thank you for Uh that beautiful introduction. (laughs) Absolutely. We were emailing just a little bit ago, and um, I was just so excited. Like, the money wins I have had this past year are unbelievable, and we'll get into those later, but... I would love if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about you and the work that you do. So my name is Jessica Doy, and I am a money coach, and I help women go from feeling like they're living paycheck to paycheck, feeling stuck in the cycle of debt, to feeling confident with their money decisions so that they can do the things they want to do, spend their money on the experiences that they want to experience buy the things that they want and not feel restricted. Um, And I I think that that, that's a gift, right? To give yourself is that feeling of knowing that you're making money decisions with confidence and knowing that those are the right decisions, not only for your present self, but also for your future self. Because I think that's what a lot of our spending habits sometimes don't take into account. It's like, how will this affect future me? Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. Um, And so what really like drew me into the work that you do, aside from like being stuck and living paycheck to paycheck and fed up with how I felt and how I was relating to money was hearing your story and your um your money journey. Would you mind sharing that with us? Of course. Um, So I grew up very poor. My family and I immigrated from Mexico to the U.S. when I was four. And we didn't have a lot in Mexico. And we were a little bit better off here, but we were still way below the poverty level. Like everything we owned, we were in a rental house, like a one-bedroom house. Everything we owned was secondhand, which there's nothing wrong with secondhand, but it wasn't a choice, right? It was because we had to. It was the clothes, the toys, the beds, everything was either from like a garage sale or a thrift store. Um, And I wasn't really aware that I was poor. I didn't feel poor until I started school here in the U.S. And the kids made it known. They made me very aware of how poor I was from, you know, in elementary school pointing out how I wore a shirt a lot, right? Like, oh, is that the only shirt you have? Um, And of course, in middle and high school, there was a big focus on wearing name brand clothing and shoes, none of which I could afford, right? So I I think that that's, that's the point when I realized, oh, maybe we're poor. And then as I think as we got into middle and high school, you started seeing the low-income people that were getting the the free or the um, the low-cost lunches. So you you saw a big big difference there. And also with being like the oldest child of an immigrant family, ended up doing a lot of the translating and interpreting, which meant I was super involved in every single aspect of our family's lives, right? From like legal to educational to medical. But that also included how we managed money. Um, And while this was a lot of responsibility and looking back at it now, I'm thinking, wow, I'm so young, making very important, maybe not decisions, but definitely interpreting and translating things that were life-changing. 
but it taught me a lot because I got really good at translating and interpreting from English to Spanish and vice versa. I even considered that as a career. And then one of the most important things that it taught me was the importance of savings and living within my means. And my parents, especially my mom, they didn't believe in loans or credit cards. They always told me, like, if you bought anything on a credit card, on a loan, on borrowed money, like, it wasn't ever really yours, and it could be taken away any moment. Like, and it went to the extent, even for them, of their homes. If they didn't buy homes, they couldn't afford cash, which meant, you know, the homes they could afford cash weren't, like, great places to live or nice or anything. Um but this, these skills and this experience, um, while hard, and I, I think it also served me well, especially those skills I learned as I transitioned into adulthood, because then I knew how to live within my means at all my income levels. So from the time, you know, from the part-time jobs that I had while I was going through college, also the um, waitressing jobs that I did whenever I was on school break. And so after I graduated college and when I started making even more money, I started saving even more. And it was so much so, I got so good at it that by the time that um, my husband and I were looking to buy a house, I was able to buy it cash. Like I had saved up enough cash to buy our first home. And it wasn't like, that is massive. Yeah, a whole ass house. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so impressive and amazing and, and keep going. Sorry. I, yeah. I just, it'll never get old. A whole house. It's cash. Yeah. And it was a it fixer is- upper and it was in such yeah. terrible condition that, you know, I had my little notebook that I would bring to all the houses we would look at. And I wrote on that one, hell no, with like 10 exclamation <laughs> points. But my husband I had mean, a vision like- for it and he convinced me of his vision and I'm glad he did because we fixed it up um, together. We were able to um, fix it up. Both we did a lot of the work ourselves and then also using money, right? Like both of us contributing financially to it. And six years later, we were able to sell it for more than we bought and had invested in it. So we made a profit and then we moved to our home state. So we had moved to the East Coast but we moved to our homestay and built our dream home and paid for it cash and bought our dream pickup truck and paid for it cash. And so now that's that's where I'm living now. And so I think that just those skills, the like I didn't even realize it until around the time we talked, Joss, like I didn't realize that it wasn't normal for people to save a lot of money and to buy things. I just... Because it was right. so standard. It was just the norm growing up. Yes. And also my parents were like, don't talk about money. Like, don't tell people how much money you have. And don't tell people how much money you don't have. And so I didn't know what people's financial situations were like. Um, but it just enabled me not only to do that, but I think one thing that I don't talk about enough that's super important Um, is that I was able to save up enough money to build a runway to quit my nine to five. Had I not had those spending habits and been managing my money the way I did, I would not have been able to take the step that I took to quit my nine to five and dedicate my heart and soul to do what I love with my business, which is to coach people, to help them achieve their goals, to help them achieve their dreams so that they can you know, live their, their best lives. And, and I, th- I think that had I not had those spending habits, I don't know, I'm not a big risk taker. So I don't know that I would have quit my nine to five without having that runway of several months of money that I saved up so that I, I wouldn't have to worry about immediately, you know, because building a business takes time. Yes. Yeah, it definitely does. And you, with your habits, were able to create, you know, a life that you actually wanted to be living. Yes. I think that's, that's the a- other thing. You, and I hadn't thought about this. Um, it's true. I live the life that I want to live. I get up, 
I start my day at a leisurely pace. I hang out with my dog, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, I really do what I want. I also love to travel. So I go to the places I want to go to. Earlier this year, I went to Michigan to meet a bunch of my online entrepreneur friends. So so my my business besties, right? They're not part of my business, but they have their own businesses. Um, I'm going to go visit one of them in Ecuador next year. So so it's like money. I know a lot of people are like, oh, money isn't everything and you shouldn't be too money focused. And I understand that. Like, I'm not here to say like, oh, let me buy these name brand things and let me show you how much money I have. I think that just money just enables you to have more freedom, you know, freedom of time, autonomy, making, deciding what you want to do with your time. That's huge. It's massive. Yes, absolutely. Um, Taking a few steps back to something you said, um, you mentioned that you didn't realize other people like don't save and that your saving habits was like probably unique to you. Um, I also have a saving story and I think I've shared this with you in the past, but it has a very different outcome than yours. And I think it's worth sharing because we, well, I'll let the conversation play out as it plays out. But my story is Um, I had saved up, I think about $30,000 with no rhyme or reason. I was just like saving, like transferring from my checkings to my savings account, every paycheck and that was growing. And it finally one day it said 30K and I was like, whoa, that's cool. And then you know what I did? Well, I'm sure you could guess. You spent (laughs) it? I spent it all. I spent every single dollar and I can't even tell you well I can tell you one of the things I remember I invested in a business coach um but aside from that like I can't tell you where the other dollars went um and there was a lot (laughs) um so it it really like the way that we now work together, and it, that's kind of what I want to get to um, next, is how you work with clients and if you can give more insight on that. Because one of the first things that we talked about once we started working together was where um, different ways we can start to look at money. And the, the way that um, kind of stuck out to me was giving every dollar a job. And that was like revolutionary for me because my money had never been given a job. I didn't know where any of it was going other than, you know, the clothing stores and probably skincare products, um, things like that, or groceries and food. Um, Probably lots of sushi dates with David. (laughs) But like it it was very much, you know, just swiping, swiping because that's the habit I had. And so when we then started to look at, okay, well, let's give every dollar a job, I it was really hard for me to think that way. Um, and we worked through that. And I think there's been quite a few of, of those moments throughout the months we've been working together where I tell you, hey, can you tell me that again? Can you rem- – like, what is that? Can you walk me through it? Because I just don't understand. And so really thinking about money differently is a really big thing um, that you and I have worked on. Um, but on a bigger scale, how, how do you work with um, clients to really – get the results that we were talking about at the very beginning, you know, where um, my financial situation is the complete opposite than what I started off in January of 2023. Wow. Yeah. So, so I think two things from what you mentioned. One, um, I think it's really important when you're saving and I, I think they're related. So they're definitely related when you're saving to know what you're saving for. Right. And so, so now you're in the situation where you know what you're saving for. You know what every dollar in your savings account, what you're saving that for. I think that 
is huge, which speaks also to like giving every dollar a job. Um, because a lot of people save money and then spend it and turn around and spend it. Um, so that that's huge. And then in terms of like money mindset, I think that how we view money and how we interact with our money and our finances, it, it's essentially the foundation to our spending habits and our behaviors around money. And much of our mindset and beliefs around money, which I shared in my story, and as many other aspects of our lives are linked to our childhood and impacted by our childhood experiences. So whether we had money growing up or not, and also that we, we take on the money beliefs of our parents or caretakers. Um, and so what, how they relate to money is likely how we relate to money on some level. And even if they never talked about money, that we we take those things in and we make them mean something. And yes. so what that, I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to kind of stay there for a little bit because yeah. you and I have had that conversation in the past um, about our childhoods and growing up. And so um, I was born in California um, to immigrant parents. And so I relate to, um, your story in, in some aspects where um, some of the money habits, whether they were spoken of, actually they weren't because it was very taboo. And, and you know, it kind of still is when it comes to um, talking about money with my parents. And it's something, obviously, I'm on a podcast now talking about money. And so it's different um, now as I relate to it. But growing up, um, money wasn't really talked about or it was talked about and it was said that we didn't have any. So we just don't have money. Um, but then if I like did a really good job at school or got really good grades, like I was rewarded with going to the store and buying stuff. So that was confusing for me because while I would hear over here the adults saying, you know, we don't have money and then um, – I call my mom and I'm like, hey, I like aced my spelling bee test. Can we go to CVS and buy a binder? Um, and she'd be like, yeah, I'll be home at this time and then we'll go and then we would go. And it wasn't like the – it was like the fancy binder with like the cloth cover and all the gadgets and stuff. And so I don't know what the price was, you know, back in the early 2000s, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't the cheapest binder there. Um but they had a smile on their face and they were, you know, excited. And I get that. And, you know, being able to provide for your children in a different way. Um, right now, I think I'm just focusing on the fact that there was very two, diff two very different ways of talking about money and then the actions that were um, surrounding money. And so as an adult, um, it was – it's I was just like – swipe happy. I was like, oh, I just got paid. Let me go. Like celebrate. I can see the money I have. Let me go celebrate. Or what yeah, I think a lot of my spending has to do with celebrating or even the opposite. Or it would be, you know, I'm not feeling very good. I want to go to the store and walk around. And it wasn't just walking around. It was that dopamine hit of like what sales can I find and like the super sales, like this is on like 70% off. Oh my gosh, what a deal. And then it just sits in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of all over the place because I also want to talk about that too. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you the mic. <laughs> yeah. And I think some of those experiences, so I see it, it, it can be polar opposite, right? Like if we grew up poor with like, our parents or caretaking caretaker saying we don't we don't have money there's no money or um we don't have money for that sometimes we grow up with that scarcity mindset of i don't have money right. even if you have money right even if you're making six figures or millions of dollars right like you still have that scarcity mindset of i don't have money or completely opposite 
you grow up and you're like, well, I didn't have money. Well, I have money now, whether it's borrowed money or not. Um, I'm going to buy whatever I want because growing up, I didn't get that luxury. And so it, that's very interesting because we can go to either spectrum of I grew up poor and you can get to the point, it, it's a spectrum. So some people like hoard money and some people spend all their money and including money they don't have and there's in between. And so those that leads to having some limiting beliefs about money and those beliefs start holding us back from achieving our potential, not just financial potential, but in other areas. And we don't realize it and limiting beliefs can be like the thoughts of scarcity that I was talking about or having certain beliefs about people who have money, who talk about money or people who are wealthy, right? Like you hear about it, like more money, more problems, like, yeah. Or like evil people, uh, rich people are evil or so, so you start, you hear those things and those are things that we either hear directly from our parents or we see it in their actions or in our communities or with our peers or in our society. And we even, it even leads to things like fear of success and sabotaging your opportunities. Um, and a lot of guilt too, especially when we're talking about um, Im immigrants and our parents who came to this country to give us a better life and the sacrifice that they made so there's a lot of guilt shame and almost like we feel a responsibility to do better so then it it doesn't feel good when we don't feel like we are living up to that um so so i think that it's important to acknowledge that our mindset shapes what we do with money and our financial reality and the outcomes and really what we need to do is rewire how we think about money and use my language. I love that. <laughs> yes. And choose more intentional thoughts so that we can shift those emotions about money because every and do different actions. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> I said that's why the habits come in. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so if we can be more intentional, not just with our spending, but with our thoughts, um, and to provide ourselves with evidence that we can relate to money differently, which that's really important too, because then we start reshaping those those ways, those habits, because then we start doing different things and being like, I can save money and not just spend it. Oh, I can pay off the credit card and not just rebuild up that debt. Yes. And doing that actually changes the neurochemistry inside of our brains, which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, and the neural pathways that we've built around yes. those other habits. Yes, yeah. The new ones start to become stronger. And one thing that I want to mention here too is like something that we do, um, and I do this with my clients too, but I want to highlight here we celebrate the wins. And the wins we were celebrating back in March are so different than the wins that we were celebrating this morning. You know, <laughs> I sent yesterday an email this morning with the total amount um, between what was it, my HYSA, my brokerage, and your Roth, your, I, your retirement. Roth. Yeah. And it was stunning. Like it was just amazing. Um, but that money win is like, what, 100 levels at level 100 versus the level, you know, two when we first started. What were we celebrating back then? Do you remember? Let me I see if I can remember. It. So it was, I think at first it was giving your money a job. Then it was yes. reducing your credit card debt by whatever it was, right? Like being able to yeah. pay more than the minimum towards your credit right. card. Those were some of the wins. Yes. And then when the credit card balance said zero, oh my gosh. That so was a really, dance party. That was a massive dance party. Um, but the point here is to that celebrating, you know, taking a, a, a pause and really noticing your efforts that you're taking towards changing because it's not – we're talking about it right now um, and it's not that it's the easiest thing to do. 
right? It's effortful. It takes lots of awareness to be able to, and honesty with taking a look at, you know, the bank statements and where you're spending money and and how much you're spending and how much your uh, income is and things like that. It's it's not the easiest of endeavors, um, but looking at it, being honest with yourself, celebrating those wins that are going to start off small and that is okay. Um, that is so important because it helps build um, continuous awareness, I'd say, like what you were talking about um, and and being able to choose different yeah, and it builds confidence, right? Because you start off with those little wins and you're like, oh, cool, I can do this. And then you your wins get a little bigger. And then also those wins add up. All those little wins you had add up to the financial situation where you're at now. All the wins I had throughout my journey add up to the situ- the financial situation where I'm at now. It's not one single, like, it's not an overnight thing where you all of a sudden pay off all your debt and save up all your money, it's incremental. And so if you can celebrate those incremental wins, you start building the confidence and they start, you start amassing the win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, okay. I'm glad I, I I have notes here and I'm so glad I have them because there, there was something I wanted to talk about earlier and I handed you the mic on purpose. <laughs> and but now, now let's circle back. Um sales. So um the the whole marketing marketing thing with sales and like my brain loves a good sale. If I can get something and like let's talk about Fabletics, okay? To kind of give an example. Um I'm a VIP member and usually I've been a VIP member for years. And I know that with every holiday, there's going to be like a 60% off sale. And so what I do is I will use my credit, like I'll uh, actually save my credit because you can skip your credit every month. And that's what I usually do. But I'll let my credit run that month. And then I go that weekend that the holiday lands on um, and I get like a ton of clothes, like hundreds of dollars of cl- I haven't done this in a while. I'm talking like I do it now. I used to do this. I would get hundreds of dollars worth of clothes. And like one time I paid, I think, like 10 cents for everything between my credit and my and the sale and stuff. And it was just amazing. But like stuff like that, it still – I'm not going to lie. It still gives me like, whew, you know, like – Russia dopamine. But back then, like it was so, so exciting. And I w- that's how I would spend um, a lot of my money and get into that debt that I was talking about earlier um, is a good sale. And so what all that to say, um, I, w- I would like to talk a little bit about the difference between buying something because it's on sale, especially now that we're around the holidays and, you know, with the new year, there's probably going to be new year sales. Um, so the difference between a, a quote unquote good sale and buying something because it's valuable to us. Yeah. So I think that's really important because I, that's a mindset that I've had to work on personally. Like I said, you know, I'm, I was good at saving and all that, but one thing growing up and growing up so poor was that once we were out of just buying secondhand things, the only things we could afford were things that were on sale. So I found myself, you know, it was a way to make my money stretch when I wasn't, didn't have a lot of it. But even whenever I was in a better financial situation, I found myself buying things because they were on a great sale, not because I loved them or because I was going to use them or because they were good quality things. I was on the hunt for the cheapest thing. And that led me to accumulating way too many things. And I didn't realize how many things I had until there was one year and one year, I think the year I graduated from college, I moved multiple times. And I didn't think of that as that that was just the norm, right? You bought things on sale and you bought two or three of them if they were extra cheap. And and I, I think now I have a different way of evaluating 
yes, I still look for sales. Like I still have the belief that if I'm going to buy something and there's a potential to get it at a discount, why would I pay full price? But it's not buying things because they're on sale because it's not really a savings if you're buying something because it was on sale and you never intended to buy it. Right. Then you just wasted, even if it's $10 for like something originally $30, $40, you didn't save $30. You wasted $10 on something that's just sitting there. Yes. And that's uh, the other thing is you want the things that you're buying to bring value to your life and to be very intentional about the things you're buying. Because if you're filling your house with a bunch of junk, right? And maybe it's good stuff, but if you're not using it, then your your environment becomes one that's not helping you live your best life, What where you're accumulating things to accumulate them. Absolutely. And to tie in a little bit of mindset into that and like our, how our brain works into that, our brain keeps a mental like tab on everything that we own um, subconsciously. Like it just like there's a map in there. And um, the more things we have, the more like load we're putting on our brain. And so the more clutter we have in our environment, the more clutter we have in our brain, and it's not functioning at its optimal, at its best. And so like it all ties in, you know, it's all connected. And that's, that's a great point. I never thought about that, but I did notice whenever I made a conscious decision to be more minimal, to be more intentional about what I brought into my home and um, also regularly um, decluttering and, and assessing. Um, I, th- I think also visually, because I had more clutter, it was harder to clean and it was, I felt more stressed out and more overwhelmed. So you, a very good indicator of how I'm doing mentally is to look at my space. And if my space is cluttered and messy, I'm probably, it's probably cluttered and messy. So the connection that you just made is, I, I, I find that very fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind too. I love anything to do with the brain. <laughs> um, I am in the middle of moving. Like right now we're kind of in between two places. And so when you said, you know, you were moving a lot that one particular year and you just saw how much you have, that's me now. Like, and this place is bigger than my previous place. And so, but seeing everything in boxes and how the majority of these boxes are mine and not my husband's, it really is eye-opening and I'm going through – I did this a little bit when we were packing where I was going through and whatever I didn't feel like I needed or wanted, I set it aside for either a donation or um, there's these groups on Facebook. What are they called? Buy Nothing. It's like your city name and then Buy Nothing. So I don't know, something along those lines. I'll figure it out and put it in the show notes. Um But basically people post things on there and um, it's all free stuff. And so I was planning on, you know, uploading a bunch of things because they're all in great condition. I just no longer need them or actually never needed them. But because I was, you know, the way I was spending before um, led me to have all these things. Um, And so that ties into now when we're going to the store and buying things that we do need, like I can't think of something off the top of my head, but buying something we do need for this particular place we're living in, I'm no longer like, oh, they have all the Christmas stuff out. Like, let me go see what new Christmas ornament I want um, because I just have – like I, I'm not in the mindset of – I want to go see what sale they have or I want to go see what, you know, cute things they have. I'm noticing that I've spent so much money already on things that I do use, but also things that I'm not um, getting value out of. And it's definitely changing the way that I spend. Um, and and I think that that's, you know, something worth celebrating too is going being able to go to a store and just buy the things on the list. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's very valuable and very important because whenever we're 
not feeling in control of our actions is when we start feeling anxiety about it and frazzled. But I think there's also value in if you're spending responsibly, if you're taking care of your present and future needs to have those, you know, like freedom of going to the store and browsing and buying a few things. Yeah, because that's still fun and that's still enjoyable, but within the not the framework, not the mindset of, oh, I'm just going to, you know, do this every time I'm bored or every time I'm stressed or anxious, but more of an intentional, hey, I'm going to go shopping with a friend or I'm going to go to um, a thrift shop and see what what I can find. I'm, you know, I'm feeling I want to change in style or a few pieces in my wardrobe. Like that's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. The intention is different. And also your financial needs are taken care of and you know, you have that essentially money to spend. Right. Yeah. And that leads me to, I don't know, it's a connection that hopefully makes sense to everyone listening, but with doing every dollar has a job type of a thing. Yeah. Sometimes when we're reviewing my money, I like to refer to it as bonus money. But what would you say like the average person would call that money? Um, Bonus money, like in terms of money you didn't spend that you had planned to spend or? Oh, perfect. That's a great way to say it. So at the end of some months, there'll be money that I had intended to spend a certain way. Maybe it was, I don't know, groceries or um I was saving for something that was important to me last month that no longer is important to me this month. And so I I call that bonus money. And so um, previous me with the different mindset um, would definitely go to a store and be like, all right, like, what are we getting? (laughs) What are we getting with this bonus money? Yeah, it was this bonus money. And now it's more of um, like what – what do I want to fund extra, you know, like because every dollar does have a job. I'm now focusing on um, saving the majority of my income. And so it's whatever I had, like let's say to put numbers to things, let's say I had planned on saving $200 for um, a course, an online course that I want to take. Um, and so now with this bonus money, I'm able to save $300 this month instead of $200. And so that's how I'm, um, quote unquote, spending my money these days and looking at my money these days. And, um, you're, you're relating to money differently, but also now the fun is not so much as in like, go buy this thing and get it and take it home and maybe use it or not. But it's like, how can I maximize my money? And so investing and planning for future things versus that instant gratification of, oh, that shirt is cute or that that's a cute outfit that I can wear to X event. It's more about Mm -hmm. like, what do I want in my future to facilitate my life? Right? Like what's going to help me in the future or help my family in the future. And so then Mm -hmm. you, your, your values, you're able to spend money in a way that aligns with your values. That's not necessarily something materialistic. That is where I wanted to go. Thank you very much. (laughs) That is exactly what I want to talk about was, um, aligning how we spend and, and like what our goals are, um, with who, we want to be in like the way we want to relate to our money, um, our future. Like when we first started talking, my goal was what? No debt. Yeah. I don't want to have your, debt. That was your only goal, really. <laughs> it was like, help me not have debt anymore and my world will be rocked. And you were like, all right, but I'm going to do so much more. <laughs> oh. And I think the other thing with like when you're – living your life in alignment with values, which includes spending your money in alignment with your values and your priorities, you you just feel 
better overall. And it's harder to be swayed by the sales, by the price cuts, but what everyone around you is spending their money on, right? Because if you're very aware of your values and you're very committed to living a life where your values and your priorities come above everything else, then you can continue your path and your journey so that you can meet your financial goals. And an example of this in my life was when we were buying our fixer-upper that I wrote hell no to in my notes, my friends were buying homes like the one I'm in now with a mortgage. And that's not to say a mortgage is not, um, like, buying homes cash is not for everyone. I do want to say that, and I should have probably said it earlier. But, but now because of I had my values and my priorities, and they were aligned to me. So that's not to say that they weren't living their life in alignment with their values and priorities, but my values and priorities at that time were different. And that's allowed me to now, I made some sacrifices at that time where now I am living in a home that I love that, you know, my husband and I picked every detail of it. And so in terms of if you're very, um, aware of your values and your priorities, then you make decisions now that will essentially give you X returns because then whenever you're very focused, you're not letting everything sway you in different directions. I wasn't like, oh, well, they're, my friends are doing this. Now I need to do this like I need it's like keeping up with the Joneses or how I say the Garcias like it's not about that it's about spending the money in a way that feels good for you that makes sense for you and your financial goals yes yeah and it I want to highlight something that when we're in alignment with our values and how we're spending it's not coming from a place of restriction or you know um very closed mindset or a fixed mindset. It's it's like this is exciting for me and I want to be saving this money with the intention of it's for this specific thing. Um, a lot of people have been asking me, Jocelyn, what are you going to do when like for maternity leave? Because I'm an entrepreneur and and um, and I can proudly say I'm saving for my own maternity leave. And um, I get to choose however long I want to uh, take time off for. And that's not for everyone. And that might not be exciting for someone else. Um, but for me, that's that's so cool that I can – I'm now in a position where that's in alignment um, and with my goals and it's possible for me to do. And I just realized that I haven't told the listeners that I – I'm expecting a baby. <laughs> so um, little baby Rio um, will be born in May of 2024. Um, and that's definitely impacted lots of um, my money goals. And I'm so grateful um, for the work that I have been doing with the essay because it's put me in a position um, to be able to make empowering decisions that are in total alignment with my values um, and I can move forward confidently, which um, is your mission. And so I, I will always keep telling you <laughs> because I get so excited when people have such amazing missions and to be able to witness um, your work in action makes me like so, so excited. <laughs> makes me so happy too. Yeah. Um, so with all the talk about, um, money and with the new year coming, I wanted to see if you had any tips for people who might have a financial goal on their list for 2024. So I, I think, um, three things and they're not super exciting, but they're very helpful. One, assess, bring awareness to how you're spending your money. Two, start being intentional and planning for how you want to spend your money. And then once you have a system for that, 
then you can start thinking about planning ahead, planning ahead for future things. But that first step of awareness, it's very important to not sit in the awareness because if you're just sitting there feeling bad about your past money decisions, it's not going to help you propel you forward. You want to use that as data and information for how you want to spend your money, right? Because even um, I call them, I guess, financial audits. Like even though I I know that I manage my money well, every once in a while I do a financial audit and say, where is my money really going? And you'll be surprised to find your money sometimes is going in places you like would rather them not. Or also you were spending money on something that was important to you at that time. And now you have different interests, different priorities and your values um, are different. So I think it's important to when you're bringing awareness to have support um, someone to confide in and and your own back and knowing that this is information to inform how you want to move forward in the present and the future and not something to be like, because when we're feeling bad, we think, and in our society, we're told a lot like, you know, like toughen up, like do better, but that doesn't actually help us do better. So it's about taking the the information um, and making decisions from there with being, you know, being more observant and being more, yeah, observant and not so judgmental. Mm -hmm. Showing ourselves grace. Yes, absolutely. And then you can move forward from a place of like, it's going to work out. I have my own back and I have a plan and I can do this. Mm -hmm. Open to that growth. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing those tips. Um, so I love asking everyone, <laughs> especially guests, um, what thriving means to them. So Yase, what does thriving mean to you? So thriving to me is about like living a meaningful and purposeful life and living authentically, like being who you are, being authentically you. And like we've said over and over, living your life in alignment with your values, your priorities, and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think also thriving isn't just like our individual success and our individual wellness, but also about uplifting others and bringing mm -hmm. others up with us so that we can all thrive. Yes. And, and I think it's about personal growth and confidence and finding more balance in our lives so we can focus on meaningful experiences and so essentially living a purposeful life where we can be who we are and bringing others up with us either by inspiring them or by directly impacting their lives and helping them oh thank you i love your definition of thriving and i can say being a witness to the way that you live, that you are thriving and you have been thriving and I love watching you thrive. Um, thank you again for spending time with me and all the thriving listeners. Um, if any thrivers out there want to connect with you and um, maybe, you know, start working with you or whatever it might be, how can they do that? Um, what do you have going on at this time? So I hang out on Instagram. My handle is Yese Godoy. So Y-E-S-E-G-O-D-O-Y. Um, also, of course, my email, which is just yese at yesegodoy.com. And right now, um, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Like I'm I've done with Joss to help people who are struggling with um, feeling like they're living paycheck to paycheck and with debt, and they want to, they they want to not only get out of that situation, but also get to a place where they feel confident in making 
decisions from a place of empower, empowerment. And, and, and also, I, I love working with people who have open mindsets and who want to change and who are self-reflective. And so that's definitely um, something that we work on. Someone who's very open to working on those things, working on the thoughts and the, the limiting beliefs. Because that's where our transformation happens, right? Is when we can address those thoughts and those uh, limiting beliefs. In the new year, I am going to launch a group coaching program um, and and a course and a course that will encompass all the things that I do in my one-on-one coaching, but adding and infusing that community where there's you know, other people who are working on similar goals, going through similar things to help, you know, encourage us because community is a huge part of, um, I think, us thriving and us feeling empowered is when we can be able to lean on other people and also celebrate wins and um, confide challenges. So those are the the two areas where, where I'm focusing on is on continuing to work with my one-on-one clients, but also um, creating a community where there's a bunch of us working on transforming our finances. Yes, that sounds so powerful. Um, And so Thrivers, if you're listening and that sounds exciting to you, I'll also make sure to include um, her email and her Instagram handle in the show notes for you to easily have access to. Thank you for joining us today and I will see you all soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Thriving Purposefully podcast. If you loved today's episode, do me a favor and share a screenshot of this episode on Instagram story and tag me or leave a five-star review for my podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Your support means a lot and helps share the thriving movement. Thanks again for hanging out with me, Thrivers. Go out there and make today your best day yet.